What's going on, fantasy entertainer, motivator, educator, Lucky Murray, back with another Hoop Council podcast. I'm here today with a young man that is killing it uh, in the uh, state of South Carolina as far as basketball, just sports coverage in general. He just covered the uh, big live period that's happening in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Uh, got a lot of great things going on. Just was appointed one of the sports uh, scout writers uh, for Prep Hoops South Carolina. Prep Hoops is a big national brand uh, that covers high school basketball, and he's doing it for South Carolina. I got Andrew Bexley on the line. Uh, Andrew, how you doing today? I'm doing very good today. Lucky, thanks for having me here on the Hoop Council podcast. I'm excited to talk about some AAU high school basketball here in the state of South Carolina. It's a big time um, here for us. And like you said, the Rock Hill Live period was this past weekend. Um, I'll be again in Greenville this upcoming weekend for um, an event at Bob Jones. So I'm just excited to talk some basketball here this morning. Yes, it, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the first thing I, I want I want you to uh, give the people is some people may not know uh, what Prep Hoops does because for what my research has done, Prep Hoops is, is, is uh, one of the uh, top national uh, basketball, high school basketball ranking services that out there that also put on a uh, tournament. So give uh, the people a little insight to see what is Prep Hoops for somebody that's just listening and just joining and want to know what Prep Hoops is all about. Yeah, so like you mentioned, I I'm somewhat new to the Prep Hoops community. Uh, I joined at the beginning of this month, um, but I I've gotten right into it. Like you said, the national uh, basketball recruiting service. Uh, NCAA coaches are permitted to uh, subscribe to it, to read it. So we do some, some articles, um, standouts, um, just more in-depth articles based on events, camps, uh, tournaments, just whatever. Um, so it's myself and a, and a guy named Brett Swanson. I do it for South Carolina, and there's just different sites for each of the states, every state has their own, um, their own scouts, uh, their own site, um, and just cover different things. So, um, like I said, I was up in Rock Hill covering it for Prep Hoops, and and just we go from there. They do high school and AAU, and and just sort of help these guys from their states get out to colleges, get recruited, and, and just get the exposure that they deserve from their play. Yes, and that's one thing that I realized covering basketball here in the upstate is that you have the football side and football is king especially in the south friday nights the news covers it not only that you have selected podcasts and also radio shows that cover friday night lights but when it comes to basketball most of the games being two to three times a week it's not as covered until you get to the playoff sector so it's, it's great to have somebody like prep hoops to, to kind of give insight on to the high school scene so before we get into the rock hill live event talk a little bit about the level of competition that is and the you know south carolina in general because that's what you cover as far as high school basketball and the level that it is really at tell 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 the people about about that if you if you understand my question yeah, so certainly, in my opinion, South Carolina basketball is underrated. There's Everyone talks about North Carolina, New York, Texas, California, when you think of, of high school basketball, but South Carolina is, is very talented. You think of some of the guys in the NBA, NBA right now um, and what they're doing in college right now, what they're doing, but these high school basketball players are the future. You got Cam Scott, 
You got Elijah Crawford. You got Julian Turbay, Ellis Graham, uh, guys like that in the 2024 class. You go to the 2025 class that is really starting to take over. You got Trey Maddox, Jordan Watford, Caleb Evans, and, and just a lot of talented players um, in the upstate, um, in the Midlands, in Columbia, and even in the low country. You, you got some guys. So South Carolina is really up next when it comes to basketball. Okay, so talk a little bit about this uh, live team kept in Rock Hill. Oh, Rock Hill, of course, if you don't know, is probably the mecca when it comes to uh, basketball as far as summer league and, and summer basketball. They got their big contract with Adidas, I believe. So I, I didn't know that this was a thing until, like, recently. Uh, so talk a little bit about the experience of going to Rock Hill and, and seeing all these different teams playing in this summer live event that just happened a few days ago. Yeah, so it was a, a Thursday-Friday event for the girls and a Friday-Saturday-Sunday event for the guys. But I'll start on, on Thursday at midnight because that's kind of where the action started. A Thursday on, on midnight is when college coaches could first contact 2025 players. So that's going to be your rising juniors, guys I just mentioned, like Trey Maddox, Jordan Watford, Caleb Evans are, are some of the notable 2025s from the state of South Carolina. So that's the first time that coaches could call them, they could text them, whatever. And, and that's really when the action started. And then Friday is when the game started. So you had live or you had coaches live. I know head coach Lamont Paris was there of South Carolina. Brad Brunell was there of Clemson. Um, Boston College had some assistant coaches there. Texas had some assistant coaches there. Oregon has some coaches there. That's some of the national teams. And then, of course, you had – the in-state schools, the the smaller D1s and the D2, South Carolina State was there, Winthrop was there, Wofford was there, Furman was there. So those coaches were there just trying to find who's next in the state of South Carolina. And I think there's about 160 teams. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but just about all of the top public schools in the state of South Carolina had their guys teams there just competing against one another. The, the guys game started at 1.30 p.m., on Friday, went into uh, about 10 or so, and they started back again at 9 a.m. on Saturday, going to 11. And I was there both days, just about all day, just, just trying to get into some of the action. Wow. And and this is I, – I think I read this. Uh, I think it's two halves, I think 10-minute quarters, something like that, no overtime. Uh, so you had a lot, of, a lot of teams coming together. So, so my question is – with, with this live event, these coaches are, are, are here. A lot of these guys are playing on AAU circuits as well. And it's, it's almost like a blend of, you know, AAU and school ball. Do you think that high school started to realize, hey, listen, we, we got we to gotta see our guys in the summertime. And I understand they play, you know, spring and summer league basketball. But we got we to gotta put our team together. Do you think that a lot of the, the, the public schools start doing these big – team uh, live camps to kind of combat AAU uh, what are your thoughts on that Andrew I wouldn't I wouldn't really say it's a combative move to the AAU but it, it's all about exposure the more games that you can have for kids play in front of college coaches the better for their recruitment just because uh, of course coaches read uh, stuff like I write they, they see the highlights they, they talk to high school coaches but they're not really going to offer a kid unless they have seen him live. And we saw a lot of that with some of the players, Jacksonville um, down in Florida, they're a D one. They offered a lot of guys from the state of South Carolina just because they they never seen them before, but here they come to Rock Hill. They see them live 
and, and they like what they see and they, and they offer these guys. So it's really important for high school players to get seen live by head coaches. And, and that was the reason for the creation of this event. This is not the first year of this event, but it's continually growing, adding more schools, uh, more colleges are coming to see it, more media is coming to cover it. And, and that's how we get to such a big event that we had in Rockville this past weekend. And, and that's one thing that I, I love to see because when I was in high school, they had team counts, but it wasn't as big. And 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 one thing I want to kind of talk about is some of the upstate guys that that was there, um, that that looking to secure scholarships going into next year. Like you said, Julian Otterby, you you have Justin Ray, uh, you have uh, Elijah Crawford from Legacy. So talk a little bit about the upstate guys and 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 who stood out to you doing those <laughs> three long and exhausting days in Rock Hill. Yeah, so uh, Legacy actually wasn't there, so I didn't get to see Elijah Crawford. It was just a, a public school event, but you're right. I saw Julian. I saw Justin. Those are, are probably the, the two guys um, that you think of in the 2024 class, but I really like Christian Andrews from Dorman. Um, if you're from the state of South Carolina, you know how successful Dorman has been over the past couple of years, and they sort of just have guards that grow on trees. And you think Christian Andrews is probably going to be the guy that's up next. Um, for Burns, I really like what Burns is going to be this year. They have uh, Kazen McDowell, who's a rising senior. They have Evan Enos, who uh, I'm sure you've probably seen some of his stuff with AAU. He's been back and forth between Upward Star, Southeast, and Team Charlotte. Um, but on those two AAU teams, he, he's just a shooter. But on Burns, he does so much. He's developed a, a little nice spin pull-up jumper. That's been really good. He, he can de he can uh, defend the rim. He's a good rebounder. And obviously, like I said, he's a knockdown shooter. But I think Burns is going to be a really good team at 5A this year. DJ Harvey out of Christ Church um, had a really good weekend. Um, there is a lot of guards um, in the upstate that I really like. But uh, it, it wasn't just the upstate. But I know you're an upstate guy, so that's what I like to talk about. But I tried to see a little bit of everything. Um, because I'm from the upstate myself. Uh, I'm in Greenville uh, right now. So I tried to see some of the other guys, um, but those are some of the upstate players that, that stood up for me for sure. And then one name that is uh, heavily uh, being sought after, I know South Carolina is in a all-out recruiting war, uh, Prep Hoops, number one rated player in South Carolina, Cameron Scott. The name I, I, I kind of hear because it, it's crazy. When you cover high school basketball, you realize you, you have to kind of regionalize it a little bit because it's so much games that's being played, and it's like I can't even fathom all the basketball that's being played. So I want you to talk about uh, uh, Cam Scott and also the other players that, that stuck to your mind that are really making noise and are, are going to be on co college coaches' radars this year in the class of 2024. Yeah, so you're right. Cam Scott, he, he's the best player in this state, probably regardless of class. He was the Pangos All-American co-MVP um, earlier this month, um, and I got to see him against Gray Collegiate on Friday, and, and that was a really, really fun matchup. Cam got hot. Uh, I'll put it that way. He had 20, 24 points um, in the first half, finished with 34. The, the game kind of slowed down in the second half, so it, it wasn't like he cooled off, but he, he just played really well. He was five for eight from three, had six steals, um, and, and he just he just put on a show. He, he loves to, to go to the little windmill in transition, had a number 
of Lowe's. And you mentioned his college recruitment, um, both South Carolina and Alabama had their head coaches. So Lamont Paris and Nate Oates were both there watching that game. Um, the recruitment is, is a little bit still in the air. Um, Oregon has joined the race um, recently. They offered him this month, and that's certainly one that he's interested in. Uh, Chris Beard, the former head coach at Texas, he sort of moved around now at Ole Miss, so that kind of complicated things because uh, Cam really liked Texas, and he really liked Chris Beard, so now they're both still in the race. Um, Chris Beard at Ole Miss now, um, and South Carolina, the home school, Alabama. Um, he, he really liked what Brandon Miller did there. That's a, a favorable comparison uh, for Cam. Maybe not as big, but certainly as good of a shooter and a good defender as well. Um, but there's a lot of schools still in the mix for Cam. Um, he, he says he's not going to cut down the list before he makes an announcement, but he does want to make an announcement between Peach Jam, um, which is in July, the first week in July, and the start of the high school basketball season. So expect Cam to be committed uh, sometime during the fall. And that's one thing I remember. South Carolina was early in the recruitment, I believe, uh, to, to offer him. And at 6'6", six, six, uh, that is a wing that may be a, a three and a D player that can play offense and defense. And that is uh, a rarity that teams are looking for. Uh, so that is pretty awesome. So with, with yeah, and I, I will add one. I will add one more story. I, w- I was sort of bouncing around um, around this time. I think it was like the four o'clock game. Uh, let me. It, it was the three o'clock game on Saturday. Um, Lexington was playing Greenville on court two. Uh, and I, I was walking by, looked at the score. Greenville's up three with eight seconds left. So I found the spot, stood beside Coach Lamont Paris. Uh, Cam Scott gets the inbound, comes down, down uh, about a 25-foot three, well behind the, the high school three-point line on the left wing, knocks down a three, uh, no overtime. So we didn't get that. But I, I can tell you the look on Coach Lamont Paris's face was – uh, this kid had another special performance. I didn't get to see the whole game, but that, that big-time three at the buzzer, that's just what he is. He, he's a shooter, but he's, he's a big-time shot maker as well, a really talented player. Um, you mentioned the length, 6'6". Six, six. He, he's just a, a great player, and whichever of these colleges is going to end up getting Cam Scott is going to be very happy at the end of the day. So, so, do you, so, so my, my next question is, with, with this event, what was the biggest – uh, takeaway that you got from this event uh, who, who who surprised you who didn't who you know who who kind of was a letdown what team is like on the horizon that you're looking at like like what are some of the biggest um, things that you got out of this event uh, I'll tell you a team that surprised me it's an upstate school it's Woodmont I was really impressed by Woodmont I got to see him against Spring Valley on Friday they're led by a point guard Dre Huff um, and then they transfer shooting guard Kamari Spurgeon. And they have a, a sort of tweener 3-4 Charlie Streetman that is just extremely athletic, does all the little things. Um, Dre was really good, had 21 points. Kamari got hot from three. He had 24 points, five of them threes, eight rebounds as well. Charlie Streetman had 10 rebounds and seven assists as well as two steals. So they were just a, a team that was having a lot of fun, and it translated into the game, and they ended up beating Spring Valley, which is a – a very veteran group, Spring Valley. They ended up beating them um, by, I think, 10 or so. But I was impressed by Woodmont as a team. That That's probably the team that I was impressed by the most. Um, uh, of course, the big schools played well, but we kind of know what all of them are. Those That's probably the team that stood up to me the most. Um, in, in terms of an under-the-radar player that I was impressed by the most, it's got to be Alex Atkinson. 
um, from Lower Richland. He's a six-eight um, sort of. He, he's kind of a big man, but he can float around the perimeter as well. He can knock down a shot. But but what he does the best is defend. He had seven blocks and two steals against Fort Dorchester on Friday to go with 20 points and 11 rebounds. So that's just a crazy game. He protected the rim, but they also used him in the main point of a 1-3-1 zone. So he was out on the perimeter. He was also in the middle big in a 2-3 zone. So he, he sort of did everything on defense. He recently got offers from Francis Marion, Emery and Henry, and Benedict. But I mentioned the size, 6-8. Uh, I certainly expect him to continue to grow in terms of recruitment over the summer going into the, the high school season. Okay. So the, the one thing that the the team that I want to ask you about that's that's getting a little bit of controversy in the state of South Carolina, that's Greg Collegiate. As far as a lot of teams are thinking about forfeiting instead of playing them because they feel like Greg Collegiate is at a, uh, a, a disadvantage. They're at a disadvantage because of how great collegiates operate as far as the school and how they uh, get players. So I A want you to answer like how did they look and B do you think it's fair that great collegiate can play in public school 2A with 3 to 4 guys that are potential uh, collegiate players? Yeah, I'll answer the how they look question because that one's probably going to be a little bit shorter of an answer because we we know what great collegiate are. They're they're a top top team, uh, a two way. They're they're likely going to be in the mix for the state championship again. Ellis Graham looks really good. Uh, Braylon Thomas he had a nice game. He had 25 points against Lexington. He got Darius Carr, a uh, transfer who's going to be a good big man for them. Uh, they're they're going to be really good again. Trey Maddox is actually in Italy right now. Um, with an Adidas camp, so their their best player wasn't even there, and they looked good again. Um, so I have no doubts Greg Collegiate's going to be in the mix again in two way. Uh, but in terms of the recent controversy around them, um, it, it's sort of complicated for me because uh, I'm just a, a guy that likes to watch basketball. The, the issue sort of stems from football, but it, it's the same issue in basketball. They they have so many talented guys that they just get transfers in every year. Um, I wouldn't agree with the decision to, to boycott games just because at the end of the day, it, it's about the kids and the kids want to play against the best. That That's certainly something that, that came from the kids I talked to after in the Lexington and Greg Collegiate game uh, that I got to watch. Cam Scott loves playing against them. Caleb Evans loves playing against them and vice versa. Ellis Graham and Braylon Thomas, they, they love playing against Lexington. They love playing against Dorman. They love playing against Wilson. Um, it's just a, a good dynamic on the basketball scene, but I do understand it in football. I mean, these kids are so much bigger, stronger, faster. So one of the, the um, I guess, the issues or resolutions to this problem that I've heard is having a different class for these collegiate academies, um, Oceanside Collegiate, another one in two-way. Um, that would work for me. But in the end of the day, I just I don't think that Gray Collegiate is a two A school. I understand the size, but in terms of talent and physicality, they're just so much better than than other two A schools. Uh, so in the end of the day, it's not my decision, but I do see both sides of it, um, and I'm I'm interested to see how it sort of plays out because it's a, a very big issue for me in the basketball world, and then for the state of South Carolina in general. Yeah, that that just popped up a few few years ago. I know. Uh, great collegiate. I'm from born and raised in Columbia. I'm in upstate now, 
and you know that was yeah. the school there. But then it's like you know since 2014 they won, and the football especially they won like the last five two A championships. It's like what? Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. So so that that I always want to have that particular conversation because I think that's very interesting to say the least. Um, and I do agree with you. Like ballers want to play against the balls, and there should be a way where they can still compete yeah. with the other schools, but also have a, a way where you know they they're not left out in the cold. But again, they shouldn't be playing two way basketball. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's that's the bottom line. Is is they're not a two way basketball program. Uh, you can argue which, whichever part, um, but Great Collegiate is just. I mean, they hang with the five A schools. They beat Lexington. They can hang with Dorman. They can hang with Wilson and Lancaster and four A. They can hang with anybody. Um, that that you might not see that from some of the other other teams. And two way, and some of the teams in one A, three A, they they can't hang with the five A teams. But Great Collegiate, just from a physicality standpoint, looks like uh, a a Division One program. Just from they walk out the bus and they look scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, my my alma mater, Oakland High School, played them in the I think third round of the playoffs. Had no chance after they beat uh yeah uh Bray uh Greer Middle College, but. You know, that's another conversation. The, the, the thing that I, I want to talk yeah. to you about is this. And this is a hotbed topic that I've been reading on Twitter and everything else. I I recently saw AAU coaches mad at the uh, June uh, live period. And they're up in arms because of the simple fact that their place that they had for the spring is playing for their high schools in June. And it, it's, just, it's just a mess. You got some coaches saying that, that should why they have to do June. They got two live dates. Uh, you you also have, you know, coaches believing that, and this is my opinion that the AAU program gets them uh, players college looks, especially if they don't play during the school. So I'm curious that you cover both AAU and you cover high school as far as on a grassroots level. Uh, what is your, uh, what is your uh, thoughts on AAU basketball? And do you think that strictly alone AAU can help you get a scholarship, or, or how do you think about that? Because that's a very uh, 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 that's a that's a loaded question, and that's something that I've just been wondering for a while. Yeah. So you mentioned I cover both high school and AAU. So I'm gonna be wherever the basketball is, um, whatever they do with the live dates, whether they keep them how they are, whether they move them around. I'm gonna be there. Um, but to answer the question, I don't think that AAU alone can get players recruited. Of, co- of course, it depends on the level. Um, if it's a, a JUCO or a NAIA and they need last-minute guys, but the AAU thing, um, uh, certainly in the, in the smaller level, is very helpful um, just because coaches can, can see guys pretty much whenever they need to. Um, but when you get to the, the level – uh, we'll use Cam Scott as an example because we talked about him a good bit here, the top player in the state of South Carolina. He he can't get recruited just on three good performances on AAU weekend. It, it's going to be a, a year-round thing. Coaches are going to talk to him year-round, his high school coaches year-round, his AAU coaches year-round. And I think kids that have the most success in terms of recruiting are the kids whose coaches work together well. Their high school and their AAU coaches both have the interests of the kids first and foremost. And, and that's when kids can grow the most over the summer 
and end up getting the offers they want, go on the visits they want, and end up getting the scholarship they want. When coaches, both at the AAU and high school level, have the kids' interest first, that's when kids can get at their best. I'm agreeing 100%. I think that AAU should be uh, working side by side with the high school coaches because they're both trying to equal one goal. And when you're trying to say, hey, listen, it's because of my training and what I do that got him to the next level, I've always believed that it's a little bit of both. Uh, Do you help them during the offseason? Absolutely. But at the same time, uh, do they coach help them? Absolutely. And I'm also a a big fan of, hey, listen, if your player is uh, uh, beasting on the AAU circuit but can't get minutes at his school, something wrong there. Like, you're you're missing the boat. Yeah. And I think that a lot of of these coaches – it's just egos, and and I think AAU could be a great thing, but I also think that because of the egos, sometimes it can it can definitely be daunting as far as how people approach this this uh, summer summer basketball. So, Andrew, a few more questions. What else are you doing uh, for for the rest of this live period? So tomorrow, Wednesday on Tuesday. Uh, I'm not sure when it's coming out. Wednesday, the twenty first. I'll be in Union County. They're having an event featuring Union County, uh, Chesney, Southside, and Broome, a uh, 2A school and three schools. Um, I'll be at that, see what some of them have. Um, and then Friday, probably my, my favorite tournament is the summer shootout. Uh, that's hosted at Bob Jones and Legacy. Uh, Greenville puts it on. Mike Anderson does a great job at um, getting college coaches and school teams there. Um, but on Friday at 10, and, and they have all the pool play games. So there's a, a gold bracket and a bracket. Uh, they'll, they'll all play at the different venues. Um, and then they'll play the, the bracket games. on. Um, so that's what I've got for the rest of June. And then July, um, the, the big week, everyone – um, once is the week of the Peach Jam, the week of the three SB at three SSB championships. So I'm going to be at both. Um, I'm going to be at you know, the Peach Jam on the third and the fourth of July, and then the fifth through I think it's the ninth um, be the championship is when I'll be back in Rock Hill three SSB championships. Um, so I'll sort of split it up between, and of course I'm excited about the uh, the high school event here. The high school period, and then we're back to AAU for the for the rest of. The- it's a very exciting time, especially during the summer basketball, uh, as it's winding down. So, Andrew, before you go, tell the people, tell the people where they can find you at online. Yeah. So first and foremost, on Prep Hoops, um, you go to prephoops.com. Go to the South Carolina um, part of the website. You you pick choose a state. Go on, and you can find um, all my pieces. Uh, whether current or live period, the, the upcoming events or events, you can see all my articles on there. Um, I'm on Twitter, Drew Baxley SC. Um, they'll have all the links to my pages on there. If you're a person, I, I tweet live tweet a lot of these events. Um, I retweet all these kids' offers, just different stuff on there. Um, and, and that's that's the two main places you can find me on Twitter, Drew Baxley SC, and on prephoops.com. 
Well, Andrew, it was it was nice uh, talking with you. Uh, Lord willing, we can have you back uh, sometime next month to talk about the uh, 3S, uh, the, the big Adidas circuit in Rock Hill, and to wind down the AAU season heading into fall. Uh, but thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to uh, get this interview. Looking forward to many more. Yeah, Lucky, thanks for having me. Um, I talked to you. Uh, I hope all these listeners that are, are here from you guys continue to, to uh, subscribe to Lucky to listen to it because um, I'm a big fan of his podcast. I know Lucky certainly knows when it comes to, to basketball and other uh, I'm excited to be on here today. Lucky, thanks for having me, and I hope to talk to you again soon. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you. Yep.